0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminals. I'm your host, Max, and right there we've got David Weiss Esquire. We got an interesting show for you today. I am going to oblige and we're going to play a little bit of doomsday scenarioing. Don't worry, we'll get positive sometime too, but we're going to start out with like what's the worst that could happen this year. And then we're going to roll into What's like the best that could happen this year? And if each of those happen, what kind of ramifications are we going to see down the road? Dave thinks that Mike Norvell might have complete immunity to all possible firings this year, and that makes him nervous. I think that there's one simple answer of how it could happen, and I think it's going to go a lot better than some people think it will. So let's dive in. Let's talk about it.
1: you are locked on seminoles your daily podcast on the florida state seminoles part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: folks again thanks for coming to locked on seminoles every day your favorite daily florida state sports podcast youtube show radio show however you're listening to us but the show where most importantly I'm going to turn off my virtual background and just make it blur it because I'm in the mobile command center down in Siesta Key, Florida. Dave, this is, uh, this is kind of your thing, so, so I'll let you roll from here, but what's going on, man? How are you feeling? Like What's, what's in the water today that, that makes you say, hey, I want to know what would happen if we were to go out there and lose to the David Duquesne Dukes?
1: Yeah, man. Duquesne, By I, I,
0: the way, we just say Duquesne because that's funny. It we're, sounds we're, like David Ducudney.
1: We're not pronouncing it correctly. Nobody knows what state they're even in. That's the whole point here. So last year, obviously, we lost to Jacksonville State. They're a lot better than Duquesne at football. Or Duquesne, sorry, at football. Um, and like you said at the top of the show, I wonder like what the level of job security Mike Norvell has is. So that got me to thinking. It is. Sunday morning after the game against Duquesne and we're 0-1, is that like a, is that an insta-fire? You and I did a little bit of looking into like, what like a comparable or like a somewhat similar loss has looked like for our rivals who've had them. Florida to Georgia Southern, Miami to uh, FIU. Manny Diaz wasn't fired. Um, Will Muschamp wasn't fired. Muschamp wasn't fired. And that worries me because like if Mike Ravel loses a second one of those games are is it that Sunday morning that we're talking, wow, he should be fired, but we damn well know he isn't. That yeah. worries me. I, that worries me because we've done this experiment. We put ourselves behind several years with Willie Taggart. Are we going to do that again?
0: Well, here's the thing. C- couple things, right? First of all, I, sorry, it's hard to see my arrow there. Um, I'm trying to look at something. Yeah. FCS. I, it, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Duquesne is worse than Jacksonville State. First of all, their record last year was seven and three. Um, they actually beat Ohio, which is a FBS school. So both teams beat FBS schools on the road. I know this is going to hurt to hear, but we weren't a ton better than Ohio last year. Um, you know, let's see what else. Who else did they beat? No, no one else of note. But you know, they, they were fine last year. I mean, they're they're not a bad team. But here's the thing we did and i know it's like people are going to groan to hear this we had an 85% post game win expectancy against jacksonville state it was a stupid last play but if your coaching staff just kicks a field goal they don't even have to they don't even have to go for the end zone but do y'all remember the yeah. fourth and goal where we decided to throw a fade route like just to see if we could do it yeah, yeah. we should have caught that ball but just kick a field goal there and that last second touchdown just ties the game and based on the statistics of that game you would have won it in overtime or at least you should have so I'm not saying the loss doesn't count because, David, I'm with you. Like, first of all, I think your examples of Diaz, FIU is a little different because they're not FCS, but it's close. Yeah. Um, Muschamp did lose to Georgia Southern. That was hilarious because they, would they throw six passes, I think? They threw
1: zero <laughs> pass attempts.
0: It zero? I thought it was like six, but either either way, whatever. It
1: doesn't,
0: doesn't matter. Point is, neither of them got fired in that season, but they both were eventually fired. So it tells me that, like, there is precedent to lose to a team you really have no business losing to once. You definitely can't do it twice. So as much as I think it's a highly unlikely scenario that you would lose to Duquesne, I mean, I really don't think there's a right. world where it happens. I just, I just don't. I, I, I don't know how that would happen, genuinely. But if it did, I, I really don't think there's a question. I think Mike Norvell gets canned. I mean, he has to like that day the
1: day after yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean i think you roll into baton rouge with a different head coach i think alex atkins alex atkins is your interim head coach now i look okay hear me out there is no no there isn't i was gonna say maybe you keep a coach to um you know because you're playing lsu in like two weeks no your recruiting class would be dead if you didn't fire him i mean there's there's just not that you have much of one right now but you want to keep uh, what's his name? The, the Chris Parsons, the quarterback, you yeah. want to keep this cornerback that's starting to talk about maybe going to FSU in 23. Like y- you immediately have to cut Norbell out. I, there's nothing there. Football is not wrestling. There's not a pin. It's not jujitsu where you can catch someone in a, in a, in a triangle and it's like, oh, okay. A far or boxing where like a far superior boxer can get caught by a, by one haymaker and get knocked out. Like To lose a game like we're talking about with jacksonville state there have to be several not just a few several incidents of like that's where you could have pulled away and didn't that's where you you know what i mean like they can't just so yeah there's no scenario in my mind where he doesn't where he's still the coach that monday morning that just doesn't happen which is yeah how
1: do you how do you come back from two years in a row doing it like
0: you don't then you you just have to say you know what we were wrong it's an orvell problem you have to fire him and say hey but again, I want to stress, like, before we get to our next segment, I want to really stress that while I'm, I'm fine with the lawyer's hypotheticals, this it like, I don't think there's any world where this happens. But what I do want to talk about, Dave, is I, I, I it, you you know this, I'm telling you what you know, but I'm, I'm giving the fans a little behind the scenes look like we wrestled with, should we even frame the question this way? Are people just going to turn it off? And, and you might, you guys might not even be here as I'm saying this. But it did, I think, lead us to an interesting conversation of does Mike Norvell have complete impunity going into this year? Like I said last week with Drake and Dave, you can kind of give your take on this, that to say Mike Norvell is not on the hot seat is a matter of semantics because he's on the hot seat in the sense that his actions this year could ultimately lead to his firing. If he doesn't win at least eight games, in my opinion, possibly nine. I'm gonna take it to nine. If he doesn't win at least nine games this year, he's not going to automatically save himself for the following year. Now you may say, Max, you've said you might win seven this year. Isn't nine a bit high? Dave, let me know if I'm being unclear. I agree, but if you win seven this year and then win five and twenty-three, you get fired. If you win nine, I think even a pretty substantial regression makes it kind of hard to fire you because then some stuff likely happened. And again, you have a nine-win season and people would give you one more year to say, can we do it again? But if you don't win at least nine, your actions this year could lead to you ultimately getting fired, which to me is on the hot seat.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where like, remember this, the um, formula, or I guess the way it was looked at with Taggart was not firing him would ultimately cost the program more in like, Boosters just giving up and stuff by keeping him around than it would to pay his buyout. There is a scenario where if Mike Marvell really just lays an egg this year, I, the, it's going to get too expensive to keep him. It. Um, it, it'll yeah. end up costing us big booster money and we're pouring money into football right now, right?
0: Let me, let me, let me, let me give a succinct example of what I mean by, because I don't want people to think, well, I, th- that I'm doing some mental gymnastics with this. Well, if he, if his actions this year could lead to him getting fired, he's on the hot seat. In 2016, Brian Kelly won four games as head coach of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. The year before he'd won 10, two years later, he went to the playoffs. Yep. Two years after that, he went to the playoffs. So... What I'm saying is there was no question in any reasonable fans mind that like if Brian Kelly should be the coach in 2017, everyone said, yes, this was a fluky year. We only won four games. He'll turn it around. And he did his win total for the subsequent five years was 20, 32, 43, 54. He won 54 games in the following five years. And there was no question they'd fire him because the year before he'd won 10 the year before he'd won eight the year before he'd won nine the year before he'd won 12 the year before that he'd won eight and the year before that he'd won eight so if norville goes out there and wins nine or ten games this year i think even a really fluky down year he's safe but other than that which is unlikely his actions this year could lead to him getting fired next year so what i want to talk about in the next segment sorry that ran a little long dave is like how impervious is he to getting fired this year is it totally off the table or are there things he could do obviously outside of just losing to like duquesne and having something crazy like that that could result in him not seeing the the field as the head coach in 2023 but before i do that folks I, i gotta tell you about something that will make sure that you'll see the field for all of 23 and that's athletic greens look this isn't fun to talk about but we're getting older all right health can no longer be just like. Did we hit our protein numbers and did we lift weights? We got to think about our immune systems. We got to think about our gut health. We got to think about all of that and it kind of stinks, but you can make it a little easier and a little better with one scoop every morning by using athletic greens. You can get better gut health, more energy and an optimized immune system with a supplement that tastes great instead of taking those massive horse pills that they call vitamins at the supplement store. And to make it even easier for you, as if one scoop in the morning was not easy enough, Athletic Greens would get, will give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens is a climate neutral certified company. That means they are a fully carbon neutral business. They calculate their 2020 carbon footprint and purchase carbon credits to support projects projecting old growth rainforests in Central and South America to offset their emissions. They also have designed a carbon reduction plan designed to over reduce overall environmental impact. Athletic Greens believes that good nutrition should be available to all. For every purchase, we donate to do organizations, help, Helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including to No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Athletic Greens has donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in need in 2020. All right, so Dave, enough beating around the bush. I've made the point that some coaches have done so well that one fluky year, look at Northwestern last year, even yeah. really Dabo Swinney. There was no question if Dabo would get fired for last year's performance. In fact, I don't think there's anything Dabo could do this year to get fired. Like that would be. Yeah. I think he, if he won okay. two games this year, they'd give him one more. I genuinely believe that. Like, at least let him start the season next, you know, the following year. And But Mike Norvell does not have that luxury. There is a very real scenario where his actions and the, the performance of his team leads to him being fired in 2023. As a resident, like, fan voice, pessimist type, do you think there's anything he does, again, other than losing to Duquesne, that gets him fired this year. Or do you do you kind of agree with where Drake and I were last week, where it's like he's safe this year, but very unsteady for the 2023 outlook?
1: Well, here's the here's the issue I have. Our recruiting has been in like the 20s. And to recruit better, we've long said you have to show it on the field. And then the showing on the field leads to better recruits. And it's like a cycle. Um we're at the point now, I feel like we're at like an inflection point where It's going to be really, really hard to sell recruits that it's legitimately after this year been a half decade since we put any positive performance on the field. And three years into Mike Corvell, after seeing what Dave Aranda did at Baylor, after seeing what Mel Tucker did at Michigan State, it's going to be really hard to sell three bad years. Um, I don't think, other than losing to Duquesne or like being two and nine going into the Florida game, I don't think there's anything... That's going to get him fired during the year, while we're still paying Willie Taggart's buyout. But after the year, if we end the year like three and nine or something, I, I, yeah, I think I think you have to really start thinking about can we afford to keep him. But like, if he goes six and six, that you're like you're saying. That so what's, what's, what's sets your what's
0: your what's your number? Like, what is your number of you think? I won't make you commit to what gets him fired, but when do you think the conversation yeah. of like like when? Let me ask you this. I'll ask it this way. When yeah. do the doors start getting closed and the conversation goes from, gosh, dude, this that was bad to, hey, do we have the money to pull the trigger on this? What's the win threshold there?
1: If we don't, it, I'd like to say if we don't make a bowl game, but just like that feels reasonable. We shouldn't miss a bowl game. It's one, yeah, but I think it's one done. below
0: that in my opinion.
1: It is, it is though. It is though. If we're worse record-wise than last year, yeah, that you, you got to find the money. Um, but so five and seven will be so disappointing. Like Super, it's going to make yeah, it yeah, hard yeah. to look forward to next season. Uh, especially yeah. if Mike Gravel saw the coach, like what's, what do you sell as the optimism? But, but I, I do think you have to be worse. I think you have to be worse than last year. Um, record wise to actually like spend that $20 million since we just gave him that extension.
0: Right. I think there's, there is a, there is a moment and like, it's tough to hear this, but there is going to be that argument of like. Okay, but it's not worse. So, are you really going to spend the buyout money? And who are you going to get that's better? And I think tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna talk about like what would a hypothetical coaching board look like. And I like to, as a fan, think it's five. I like to think it's six, kind of. But I think here's what I think. I think three or four. You're talking about like we probably should pull the trigger on this following the UF game. If you're winning, if you've won three or four games and you're headed into UF, then that's where you start those conversations. I think start happening. I do think five or six, though. I think five or six is a path to not making it through all of next season. I think that's where you start to get, if you win five or six games and then next year you haven't won your first, you know, six of your first nine or so, it starts to be like, all right, like if you won five of your first nine, you've got three games left and it's like the best you can do is eight wins. But, you know, you're already, whatever we're talking, whatever that would be, like four and five, and it's highly unlikely. And Florida, by the way, if they're looking good under Napier and you're playing Miami late in the season and they're looking good under Cristobal, you might see a change made before the end of the year there. And I think seven guarantees him next year, but it takes, like I said, about nine wins to guarantee that he can't get fired the following year.
1: Yeah, I will say one more thing. With every passing year that we don't, get back to the standard that we were less than a decade ago, I think it makes the job harder to sell. So like if there's a candidate out there this offseason that for whatever reason really wants to come to Florida state, he's a proven P five guy and Mike Norvell has been five and seven or six and six, like at some point you, you may have to start thinking like this guy's not going to want to come here. He's not going to be available uh, depending on how the next year goes. So, I mean, there's some variables in there for sure, but you got to think about that.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Right. So, so it would depend on, I want to say it depends on the board, but I don't, I don't know, Dave. And here's why, cause I don't want us to get someone that's been fired and I don't want us to get a coordinator. So to me, no head coach is really ever on the board, right? Like they're either fired and then they're available or they're a coordinator and their head coach gets fired. So they become available. So like, I don't really think, I don't look at it that way as much. The last thing I want to get to um, about what you said with the better recruits, better coach, you know, yeah. Better better on the field gets better recruits, which makes you better on the field. I, I am f- a firm believer in the better on the field has to come first. And here's why. Yeah. I think good coaches make you better at football. And then when they win, they will get better recruits. I know that there are examples of guys doing it the other way. But the best coaches win with not the best teams. I mean, the greatest coaches can't win with terrible teams. But like, he didn't. I'm sorry, he inherited a mess. I'll give you that to a degree. But he did not inherit a team with the talent level of a Mac program. He still inherited kids that for the most part, I'll say 70% of them belonged in the Power Five. So I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to blame him for the first year or whatever, but the on-the-field performance has to drive the recruiting and then it becomes self-sustaining. But you've got to do less with more at some point to get that initial bump in recruiting because if Cincinnati with their recruiting can make the playoff, it's not crazy to ask like any team that's been at Florida state or any roster that's been at Florida state for the past three decades or four decades to go win seven games. We're not asking, I'm not saying you should have won a championship. I just think three was a bit too few. And I don't think it's crazy to say, show us you can win with whoever we give you. And then better kids will want to be coached by
1: you. Yeah. And it, it, it probably doesn't help seeing like what Aranda and Tucker have done, like looking around the country, you know, it's like, well, what the hell? Why, why can't that be us? I mean, it's easy to say that it's easy to see what happened at two schools that I think we should be better than.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with that, man. And, and look, here's the deal. I want to get to uh, a couple more listener questions that we didn't have time for yesterday. And before we do that, I got to tell the folks about betonline.net. BetOnline.net's is where the game starts. It's where you want to put all of your action, whatever you got it on. Right now, You got a lot of stuff to bet on there are nba playoffs you got scotty barnes by the way rookie of the year congratulations um but you got the nba playoffs going on i think uh we've got a couple knolls in those you got the nhl stanley cup is about to get underway i believe and there's all kinds of stuff to put money on so go to betonline.net make your account use promo code locked on and we'll see you at betonline.net where the game starts
1: Wait, wait, did you want to do like best case scenario and positive?
0: Yeah, we could do that. You know what? I lied. We're not going to do a listener questions. We'll get to y'all later in the week. I promise. Uh, we typically do mailbag Monday though, but let's talk best case scenario. Yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah. I think when I look at this team and I look at last year and I look at Jordan Travis taking a huge jump from the previous year, right? 58% completions to like 63%. And again, remember, last year, Jordan Travis only got about 50% of your snaps. Last year, he did not play against Louisville, who you had a post-game win expectancy of 15%. He did not play against North Carolina State. You had a post-game win expectancy of 0%. Yeah, Those two games alone. He, by the way, McKenzie had one decent drive, but Travis comes out in the Notre Dame game and he's still the one that actually led your comeback. And if you don't think so, go watch the game. The condensed game is on is on YouTube. McKinsey had one decent drive that was capped off by Jordan Travis' touchdown. Or Jason Corbin, I believe. And then Travis started it with the next uh, touchdown on the next drive. I mean, I just, I don't know. And then you look at games where it's like North Carolina where he ran for like 100 and something yards and you only needed to throw the ball nine times. To me, North Carolina, we actually do have a fan question we can link this to that basically says we should be like the... Uh, the eagles right in the nfl and it's like hey if we're good at doing something why try to force it and that's kind of how i feel if we could use that north carolina game as a blueprint where your defense can allow 10 to 14 points on bad teams and only allow 21 to 28 on good teams and you can just find 31 points on the ground every single game like clockwork do enough with jordan travis to keep people guessing right throw when you need to but really try to stay away from it and then you can really stand tall when you need to i you know i think this could be a 10 win team best case scenario because we're talking three or four wins is worst i think in that same vein 10 wins is probably your ceiling with this team if everything goes right
1: i think if every so if everything goes right you're saying that this is a new york's new york's new year's six bowl contending team because that what a ten-win team should be.
0: No, right? I'm well. I mean, not in the ACC, right? Like you're not going to a New Year's Bowl because that, we're, because our champion won't go to the if our champion goes to the playoff, you know, yeah. I mean, it depends on what the Coastal does. If you got Virginia winning like 10, 11 games, and then Clemson just comes back to life this year, beats them, and then Clemson's in the playoff and Virginia's in the in the in the Orange Bowl. No, but if you have like an absolute typical ACC lackluster, you know, just total ACC move, right? Where it's like okay. The, the coastal champion has eight wins and then Clemson bludgeons them and we have 10 wins and are, we're right behind Clemson. Yeah, possibly.
1: So, all right. So I'm going to be realistic here. I mean, realistically, I think like n- a nine win season would be the absolute dream scenario for this team. Um, I say that because of this, I need to see us beat Clemson on the field. Like DJ you is vulnerable. Um, their defense isn't really we haven't beat him in too long. I just got to see it, Florida. I need to see it. Like I'm not gonna. I I did say that that's a game that we could win, that we probably should. I did say that. Um, I just need to see before I predict a perfect season being a double digit win, which hasn't happened here in God 2015. Um,
0: so if I, I get I my, my wireless mouse to work, let me read you the schedule. And here's why I'm confident. Here, here's where I'm saying this is the guys. This is the upside. I just gave you pessimistic Max. So don't just get mad at this segment or that segment. I'm giving you both. You beat Duquesne. You catch LSU first game of the season. Early new coach. They haven't quite got anything implemented. Miles Brennan maybe comes in, but let's say best case scenario. uh, Here's what bugs me. I'm going to try to keep this short, but guys injuries have consequences getting hurt hurts and it delays your development and it sucks so this idea that like well miles brennan the two games he played was great and he's going to come back and be yeah tell that to deandre francois he never came back as the same quarterback now miles brennan didn't have the severity of injury that he had and i'm not saying that you can't come back from injury because look at guys that have done, look at joe burrow comes back from an acl tear super bowl right but my point is like let's not just assume miles brennan is going to be the epic quarterback because he had two good games or what was it dave three good games last year so you catch yeah. him early friday I feel very confident you're going to lose to Louisville. I think that, that best they have a, a potential Heisman winner. They beat us pretty good last year. I know we started to come back, but now, oh, but you know what? No, hang on. Doing best case scenario. That was with McKenzie Milton. Jordan Travis plays. They're coming off UCF. Maybe they just ran. Look, if Louisville has to run 78 plays to beat UCF and they have to defend 86. And they're coming off a friday night matchup in the bounce house and they're tired and it's not a short week because it's friday to friday but it's a weird week and it's like oh gosh okay um maybe you catch them maybe you win a fluky three-point game you know okay and you're Get three and to start but yeah. i don't believe in boston college i know you don't either i'm sorry i don't think their team is good enough for here's where i disagree with drake i don't think phil Djokovic is bad I don't think he's good enough to pull a Kenny Pickett and will his team to games they shouldn't win. I think he's the type of quarterback that keeps you in games you shouldn't be in, but can't just win them single-handedly like some of the greats could do, right? I don't don't think in a worst-case scenario year you should lose that game, frankly. I think you beat Boston College. You beat them last year and you were on the road in freezing cold conditions playing against Boston College and the referees, and you still beat them last year. So I, I don't see a loss there. Wake Forest... Yeah, you you should beat Wake Forest in, in best Always. case scenario, and, and I guess I don't want to just say we're going to win everyone. I think NC State and Clemson, best case scenario, everything goes right, you lose one of those. You're not beating both those teams this year. They're too good, and we don't have the roster depth, and we don't have the quarterback play. As much as I love Travis, you are going to have to
1: depending get on at some point.
0: <laughs> but but let's let's say he does it. Okay. If DJU doesn't bounce back, it's going to be against NC State. If DJU does bounce back, you're going to have to do it twice where you are going to have to have a gun show. Like they just, NC State is throwing the ball too well with Devin Leary. He makes too few mistakes. You're not going to get good field position because you're not going to create the turnovers. You have to throw for three or 400 yards to beat that team. You just do. It's not going to happen. And if it does that week and Clemson comes alive, you're probably not going to replicate it two weeks in a row. Against two good teams because Clemson's defense is still going to be great. You lose one of those, but there's a scenario where best case scenario you are headed into the Miami game, winning one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Georgia Tech and you're seven so you, and one headed into so Miami. You split
1: Florida and Miami is that you split what you're Florida saying?
0: and Miami? You're at seven and two, and if you can beat Syracuse and Louisiana,
1: you're nine and two. Yeah. alright
0: that right? Nine two. Okay. Where are we
1: missing it? Yeah.
0: No, that's nine and two. It's eleven games. Right? One, two. What did I miss? What? Duquesne, LSU, that's two. Louisville's three. Boston College, we got four. Wake, we got five. NC State or Clemson, we've got six. Six Georgia and one. Georgia Tech, we've got seven. seven. Miami and Florida, we've got eight. Sorry. Eight two. Ten. So, yeah, you beat Syracuse and Louisiana. Yeah, That's what I thought. You're at ten wins. It is doable. But, again, you're going to have to beat who we think is a dark horse at Heisman. You're going to have to beat one of the most successful coaches of the past decade going to a true blue blood that's investing all the money you could possibly want. We're a guy who, by the way, sorry to be mean, but was as hapless at coaching football as Ed Orgeron was able to win a national title. And now you're sending Brian Kelly into that. A coach that's absolutely boat raced you. Not more, what, two years ago, he he just demolished us. And last year was still able to beat us, even though we probably should have won that game. So... That's a big ask. But if you could do those things and then you split against your rivals and then you also beat Wake Forest who apparently their players are all going to drive down in rented cars because they're all somehow 25 still. I, I don't know how that's working. I think Sam Hartman and I went to high school together. Um, I'm pushing 30 and he's still playing college football. Don't get how the rules work, I suppose, but um, you'd have to beat them. It, it, the point is, it's not impossible to win 10 games. Now, what are the long term ramifications
1: I was just going to say, um, whether it's nine and three or 10 and two, a best case scenario season has to mean a top 10 recruiting class because that cycle has to happen. You got to, the performance leads to the recruits that leads to the performance. You got to start it. If the if best case scenario season doesn't lead to a top 10 recruiting class, I just don't know what will. Like, it'll have to be a different guy, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, no, it will. And, and uh, look, I'll say this. Here's the thing for me absolute best case scenario, what I'm going to dream about tonight when I go to sleep. And I'm interested, y'all tell me what is your best case scenario if you could just write it on paper and the, obviously it's a national championship. 12 yeah. But somewhat realistically, if they're t- if this team brings its best every week and the other team isn't playing at their absolute best, right? I think you could see a 10-2. and two. Let's say there's one more drop in there. But if you have a 9-3 and three season and Jordan Top actually 25. plays a really good year, right, and you've got... Let's we'll say 20, you got about 1,500 last year, I believe, in passing from Jordan. Uh, you got another 500 running, or was it 1,000 passing? And either way, I, I'm not going to even look at last year's numbers right now. I should have them up, I apologize. But if your quarterback shows you 2,300 yards through the air, and another six hundred running, and now you're going to get him back, and Chris Parsons is signing, so now you get another year of a Jordan Travis who just took another big leap forward. You're coming off nine wins, and now you're setting up a two-man battle between AJ Duffy and Chris Parsons in the spring of 2024. Like to me, that is absolute best case scenario because that means in 24, when you got to open against LSU, or I'm sorry, 24, when you got to open against Georgia, right? Or are they 25?
1: Who cares? It's a hell slate.
0: It's whatever. In 24, when you got to open against someone, you've now got a junior and a sophomore who are both four-star recruits competing for your offense. You've hopefully signed some wide receivers since then. And like, then you'll really be headed in the right direction. Now it all starts with this year, but that's my absolute like dream scenario. Best case.
1: I like it, man. I'm going to, st- I'm going to decide
0: to be positive. Yeah. Let's, See? let's elite life
1: scenario. Folks, yeah. we
0: go back and forth on positivity and negativity, but whatever we say during the show, we hope that after the show, you have an amazing day. Thanks for rocking with us. If you haven't done it yet, please mash the subscribe button. We're on the chase, the race and on pace for a thousand subscribers this week. And I am pumped. I'm max. That was Dave. And this was locked on Seminoles. Go Noles!